Acts chapter 1, and we'll just start reading at verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, in verse 4, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. That's just a wonderful scripture. Isn't that fantastic? More power. You know, who doesn't want to receive more power, have more power? As, as a pastor, man, I've wished I could preach better. I wish I could be more dynamic. I wish I was less fearful of things. And man, I'd love to have more more power. And when I say more power, it reminds me of one of my TV favorite programs called Tool Time. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, where Tim Allen is always saying, hey, we need more power. I remember one episode that I really love. It's where his wife is going for an interview. And as she's leaving, she says, Tim, maybe you could look at the dishwasher. He says, well, what's wrong? I don't know. It's just not working right. It, it needs something like more power. And he goes, uh? you know. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't touch the dishwasher. You know, and so he crosses his fingers, puts it behind him, and he says, okay, I promise I won't touch the dishwasher while you're gone. Well, you know that he goes out and buys a Benford double blast or something or other, you know, that he, and as he's trying to put it in, he's going, let's see, these wires are, you know, the red goes to the end, of course it explodes and whatnot and does all kinds of stuff, but he gets it in before she gets home and he tests it out and it's like he puts a tree trunk in the thing, you know, and it just gobbles it down, you know, and he's, oh, that's great. Well, she gets, gets there and, you know, and finds out, oh, what did you do? He said, well, I put a double blaster Benford something or other in there and you know she goes oh no he goes no he turns on and hums you know it's, hmm. but of course we all know that when she starts to use it she puts something in there and she flips the switch and it goes and boom it blasts through the cabinet out all over the place and uh, anyway the thing about Tim is what I like about him is that he's always striving to do better, wanting more power, 
messing up, but he just continues on. And it kind of relates to me, you know, that, you know, I do my best and try my best, but, you know, oftentimes things blow up or don't go like you plan, but you learn from it and you keep moving on, you know. And as I look at this passage, there's things that I see that I've been able to learn, you know, about what Jesus promises about the Holy Spirit. You know, he has some key phrases in here about uh, receiving power. But in verse 4, if we look at verse 4, it says, In gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard from me, wait, wait. You know, and, and that's kind of like, well, who wants to wait? You know, I mean, here we are with the Lord. He's promising power. We've seen him do miracles, and, and we're going to carry on the work, and he's telling us to wait, to let the Lord work in our lives. And one of the things that I have learned, or tried to learn, is that, you know, God has a plan. And for me, I've discovered he's got a plan for me, he's got a plan for the church, and he had a plan for the apostles. And as a pastor, when I came out of seminary, I came out with all kinds of ideas. And I went to a little church in Alturas, California, just honestly, just about exactly the size of our church here. And I tried putting all these ideas into place, you know, and they just didn't work. You know, they just, they just didn't fit. And I remember... <clears throat> being in the fellowship hall one, probably it was a Saturday, and I was sitting on a table, and it's nice to be in the church when there's nobody there, and I was talking to the Lord, and I said, you know, I've tried everything I know how to do, and it's just not working. You know, I've been here almost two years, and I'm worn out. I'm tired. And I said, Lord, it seems to me like you're not doing too much either. You're not, you're not helping out. You know, and, I, and I'm, I wasn't being mean. I was just expressing my true feelings, you know, that, you know, I don't understand. I've been working hard. I've tried everything that they taught me in seminary, and it just isn't going, you know. And I said, I, I've tried this, and I've tried this, and I've tried this, and I've tried this. And, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and he goes, well, whose church is this anyway? <laughs> and then it hit me. I was going, I, 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 I. And I said, well, it's your church. And he said, well, when have you come to ask me for directions of what you want me to do? And I realized that not, what do I want to say? Not out of bad intentions, but I thought that was my job as a pastor was to come up with a plan and lead these people and be dynamic and powerful. And, and I realized, no, it is God's church. And if it's his church, I really need to involve him or allow him to give guidance. I said, well, you know, I'll try not to make any more decisions without checking with you or consulting with you. And do you know that, boy, things started to turn around then, you know? Uh, I remember an evangelist called, and he said, John, I'll come up and 
do a free service up there for you. You know, you live kind of out in the mountains, and I used to pastor in the mountains, and I've got pictures of coyotes and how I trapped them, and I thought, oh, this doesn't sound good, you know. I mean, that doesn't sound like that's going to go over big. And I said, Byron, thank you, but, you know, I'll let you know. And I hung up the phone, and the Lord said, uh, did you consult me on that, you know? that?" Uh, and I thought, oh, my goodness, no, I didn't. I, you know, well, Lord, we... You know, he's offering to come up for free and to do it for free. He says he knows the type of people. And well, so I called him back and invited him to come. You know, we had a wonderful time. Wonderful time when he came up and shared how the Lord had saved him and how he'd ministered there. And we went out and visited people. And uh, he just had a connection. And it just, just was fantastic. And as I began to allow the Lord to show me his plan for the church in Alturas, things just started to turn around, you know, and people started to have their needs met and come to the Lord, and, and it was just a wonderful time. And I found that, you know, God has a plan for churches, I think. You know, not that they're not similar. Porterville Church and Springville Church, we have similar things, but we're different. I mean, up here is different than down there in Los Angeles or Long Beach where I grew up. You know, I mean, uh, so we need to allow the Lord to show us how he wants us to work in our local church and in our personal lives, you know, individually, how he can use us. So God has a plan for power, just like he did then. But he also, in verse 8, we know that he not only has a plan, he has promised that we will receive power. He promised. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Um, the, the neat thing is, God wants to give us power. Now, I've been in administration where administrators haven't really wanted to share power. You know, they want to be every in charge. They don't want, you know, they want to hold on to everything. But God is, oh no, I want to empower you. I want to help you. I want to make your life successful. I want you to enjoy ministering. And uh, that's what God wants. He says, you will receive power. Um, John the Baptist said, you know, I baptize you with water, but one's coming mightier than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit with fire. You know, I mean, so there is a power available to us, and God wants to share it with us. Um, uh, Jesus also said, whoever believes in me will do the work I've been doing, but they will even do greater things than I have done. And when I read that, I think, well, that's pretty fantastic, you know, that uh, he says that we're going to do greater things than he's done. I mean, maybe he was just exaggerating a little bit. But think about it a moment. You know, I noticed that on the field, we would meet monthly and share what was going on, and often there would be something miraculous happen where this missionary works or where I worked, and we'd come in and share. And I'll bet if we were to take time and said, has anybody prayed for somebody and saw something miraculous happen, saw healing happen or some intervention happen, and where what we prayed for took place, has anybody 
can we all say, you know, I was in a situation where, man, my life was in danger, or God, you know, a car was coming, and I don't know how I got saved, but it missed me, or we're still alive, or we've done some things. I'll bet if we would go around and start sharing different messages of, you know, I asked the Lord, we needed a job, and, you know, it didn't look like, and I found a job. I'll bet we would find out, wow, there's a miraculous thing happening here. There's a miraculous thing happening there. There's a miraculous thing happening there. God is working powerfully, but as we read it in the New Testament, it looks like it's happening every minute, you know. But really, it takes time, and God is patient with us. You know, he, he doesn't just force himself on people. And, you know, I, and again, in our own lives, I'll bet if we share our testimony, we'll see how God took time to talk to us and lead us and guide us until we came to a place where we recognized what a wonderful gift that he has for us. Isn't that true? And that's the same way in his power, that he will work powerfully if we will wait on him and if we will trust him to do that and believe that we will receive this power. But he not only has a plan for power and he's not only promised us power, but he's also given us a prescription, prescription for this power and we can see that in verse 8 which we've already read. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So now the power is not so much our power, but it's God's power as we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and to work through us. You know, I've got a sore arm from trying to pat myself on the back that, boy, you're just so good. Look what you're doing in Venezuela. You know, come on, it's not. It's not me, and we know that. But as we open up our hearts and lives to allow the Holy Spirit, He will come in and work through us. We need to invite Him in completely. Luke wrote, he said, that Jesus said one time, he said, if you, being evil, know, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, yes, we receive the Holy Spirit when we're converted, and he walks in our life, he testifies us. But you know what? There's also a point where we recognize, you know what? I'm not allowing God to have complete control of my life. You know, we tend to, I'll be in the pilot seat here. You sit over there and help me out if we get in danger, but I'll kind of make things. And really, the Bible wants us to open our lives completely to him so that he can flow through our lives. Is that not the truth? Amen. Yes. <clears throat> the Bible says those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. So God wants to fill us, but we also want, we need to want to have him come into our lives. And when we do that, he gives us peace and uh, uses us in a mighty way to bless others. I remember in my case, uh, our youth pastor was preaching. He was going to seminary. It was last sermon before he left. And uh, at the end of the message, he gave an invitation to come to the altar. 
and we were standing and singing, you know, just as I am or something like that. And I felt the Lord talking to me. And I was a Christian. I'd given my heart to the Lord as a teenager and was uh, doing my best to walk for him. And I felt like the Lord said, you need to, to go up and pray. And I thought, well, I don't want to go up there. I mean, uh, uh, I haven't, I can't even think of anything that I'd done. You know, I mean, normally you could say, oh boy, I'm going to regret this. But no, I, I thought, Lord, what, what, what am I doing? You know, okay. So I kept singing and singing and the Lord kept, you need to go. I want you to come up and pray. I want you to come. I'm thinking, all right, if you want me, if you want me to go, I'll go. So I went up and knelt at the altar and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry for it, you know, and uh, I just want to walk with you. And he, and God really spoke to me. He said, I didn't say you did anything. I just wanted to know if you'd finally do what I asked you to do when I asked you to do it. You know? <laughs> Can you identify with that? You know, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, he's been trying to lead me. Oh, no, no, I don't want to. I won't teach that, those kids. Or I won't, you know, oh, I'm not good. Someone's better than that than me. You know, I can't, you know, and this or that. And he's saying, I, I just want you to open up and let me to use you. And I realized, I said, you know, I'll do the best I can, Lord, but I want to give my life completely to you. I just want to walk with you. And I just felt the peace come over me. You know, that I felt a kind of a cleansing and a relief like, yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to fight with the Lord anymore. Just uh, allow him to guide and walk with him and enjoy his creation, you know, and, and what he's got. And that's what God wants for us, you know, is for us to allow him to give the Holy Spirit to us fully yes. as we open our lives fully to him. He's got a plan for power. He promises power. He's given us the prescription of power. And the last thing, there's a purpose of this, uh, this power. And he says it in uh, verse 8 there. He says, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Interesting, he says, you will be my witnesses. He doesn't say, you're, you know, you're going to try to be, or you, you know, he says, as you open up and allow me and are filled with the Spirit and allow me to lead you, you will be my witnesses. You know, I always thought that, you know, I'm just kind of a regular guy. I've got to be more like Billy Graham, or I've got to be a little more like... Pastor Mark or somebody else, and I've tried that. I've tried to, boy, they're really good, and so I've tried to be them, but you know, after a while you feel, this isn't working, you know, because it's not me, and uh, I feel kind of hypocritical trying to act like I've seen others to do it, and God says there's no need to do that, that uh, as we allow him to work through us, we can just be ourselves, and he will perform the works, you know. Amen. We're not, we're the messenger, but the message comes from God and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah, amen. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because 
The gospel is the power of God for salvation. It wasn't Paul. He recognized this message changes people and allows them to be born again. All right. And that's one of the things that I've learned as a missionary or tried to learn is, you know what? If I just be John Armstrong, love the Lord, do my best at the works before us, you know, God has worked through that. And it's the same with us. That as we allow God and invite him fully into our life and just be ourselves, then he can work through us. Chuck uh, Anderson gave me a book that I really like. And it's interesting about a young man, Lee Strobel, that struggled with this, thinking that he had to, you know, be somebody special. And... Uh, but he learned how God can use him. And let me just read something in his life, he, how he learned that God can use him if he just is himself. Now, Lee Strobel worked for a newspaper. He was an editor. And at the time that he was first saved, he was working for the newspaper, and it, he writes this. He says, One average and routine day, I was packing up my briefcase and getting ready to leave the newspaper when I felt the gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit. I sensed God wanted me to go into the business office and invite my friend to come to Easter services at my church. Since the impression was so strong, I figured something dramatic was going to happen. So I walked into the office and looked around, and the place was nearly empty, except for my friend. I thought, oh, this is perfect. So I went in, and I asked if he wanted to come to church with my wife Leslie and myself. And he turned me down cold. I thought, huh. I asked if he was interested at all in spiritual matters, and he emphatically said, no, I'm not. I asked if he had any questions about God, and again he said, no, I don't have any. Uh, then I uh, talked to him about why the resurrection was so important, but he clearly stated that he wasn't interested. So scratching my head, I was wondering why was he so disinterested? What was going on here? Uh, why was God prodding me to talk with him? Finally, I stammered. I said, well, uh, if you've ever got any questions, uh, I guess you know where my desk is. And I walked out. He says, now fast forward a couple years from that time. By this time, I was no longer working at the newspaper. I was an associate pastor at a church. And a young man came up and shook my hand and he said, I just wanted to thank you for the spiritual influence you've had in my life. And Lee said, well, that's great. He said, who are you? <laughs> and he says, well, let me tell you my story. A few years ago, I lost my job. I didn't have any money and I was afraid I was going to lose my house. I called a friend of mine who runs a newspaper and said, do you have any work for me? He asked, can you tile floors? Well, I've tiled my bathroom once, so I said, sure I can. He told me, we need some uh, tiling done in the newspaper. If you can do that, we can pay you. So 
So one day, not long before Easter, I was on my hands and knees behind a desk in the business office of the newspaper fixing some tiles. <laughs> when you walked into the room, I don't think you even saw me. You started talking about God and Jesus and Easter and the church to some guy that wasn't interested at all. But I was crouching there listening and my heart was beating fast. And I started thinking, man, I need God. I need to go to church. As soon as you left, I called my wife and said, we're going to church this Easter. She said, you're kidding. I said, no, we are. And we ended up coming to this church that Easter. And my wife, my teenage son, and I all came to faith in Christ. I just wanted to thank you. <laughs> and sometimes I think we think, well, I'm just me. I'm not on the level of this person or on that person. But you know, God made us who we are. And we have certain abilities and talents and things. And if we will just allow those to be at God's disposal, he will provide the opportunities. We don't have to go stop people on Main Street or, uh, you know, stop cars, or do this thing. Just be ourselves and he will provide the opportunities and we just share what God has done in our life and allow him to use us, each one of us. But he wants us, stop fighting, stop resisting. Open your life up to me and allow me to give you peace and to work with power through your life to reach and save the lives of others. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's uh, close in a word of prayer, and then I'll let Doug come up and close here. Lord, we just thank you for your love and patience with us and the beautiful, wonderful, exciting life that we have of all the neat things around us. And may we just enjoy it to the fullest, and may we open that door completely so that you can come in and dine with us and share with us and that we can fellowship with you every day. Thank you for your love and patience and we give ourselves into your care and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.